Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, uh, let's, well, first of all, hi. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see Horizontal you. stripes. Aggressive, man. I love I the play. I don't know what that means. I mean. Why is it aggressive? Because it makes you look even more broad? Rotund. You know, if you're watching on TV, you're doing, you're, you're doubling up. The camera adds to it and the horizontal stripes. I bet at this point, might as well send it, huh? We should end the show. That's the, that, that is the show to end the sh- That's the line to end the show on right there. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Coulter, the Montana Grizzlies are playing Idaho this Saturday. Uh, the battle for the Little Brown side. By the way, we are giving tickets away on uh, the Instagram and on Twitter. I have enjoyed this very much, watching what people have responded to. There's some classics, and we're giving tickets away today. So uh, we will, uh, 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 what do we, we want to say? Get in touch with people. We will contact you via the DMs, okay? We'll get you uh, not in a public setting uh, out there on the interwebs and uh, make sure, you know, we'll get everybody sorted out. But then when we have a winner, we will announce it. But that will happen uh, today. We also, of course, will have the word of the day. This is the last word of the day today to win a keg from Great Burn Brewing and a kegerator from Fred's Appliance. Uh, that That's a nice combo pack, if I don't say so myself. Uh, so we will get you uh, set up with that, and we will give that away tomorrow, but today will be the last day to register. So uh, we'll uh, we'll bring that to you a little bit. But, Coulter, let's start with uh, Montana versus Idaho. Idaho leads the all-time series. People might be surprised by this. Idaho leads the all-time series versus the uh, Montana Grizzlies football-wise 55-28. to 28 with two ties mixed in there a little bit. So just about two to one. But obviously, recently, it's been the Montana show. Idaho has not won against the Grizzlies since 1999, and that includes several games while they were in uh, the FBS. 
Uh, I got to plug this, Colton. You said I should read this. I did read this uh, and uh, and tweeted it out. But up now at Skyline Sports, this was actually an article that was, I, I shouldn't even say written, but compiled and right. narrated a little bit by Andrew uh, Houghton, Houghton, who is now uh, covering Idaho State. He's the Idaho State beat writer uh, there in Pocatello. Uh, but worked for Skyline Sports and put together basically an oral history. It's print, but it's an oral history of the 2003 Idaho-Montana game where Montana basically had one quarterback available on the roster who wasn't a great option, shall we say, as a freshman. You know, as uh, when is it going to be a great option? And so Bobby Houck, in his first year, decides to run the option for one game. And Montana comes away with, a, like, a two-touchdown victory. 41-28, yep. And so, uh, but the story, as it goes, told by Bobby Houck, told by Rob Fennessy, the, off- the then offensive coordinator, as well as a couple of players, really interesting, fun, funny, and uh, and and timely because it is Idaho-Montana on Saturday. So go to uh, SkylineSportsMT.com and read that thing. I think you'll get a kick out of it. And it's uh, it's a fun, it's it's not a fun short story. You'll be done with it in five minutes, but it's it's cool to see and uh, and sort of go back to that game and go, wow, okay. You know, like everybody goes, what is this guy up to? And you see the, uh, the pot that's been mixed together over the course of two weeks because they had a bye week entering that game. Uh, so it's a, a great story there. What do we think about this game here, Coulter? Well, first of all, I think that revisionist history is so funny to me, and the way that we frame scenarios and legacies and things like that in our minds mm-hmm. is also so interesting. And when you have the total body of work, you're able to then accentuate and talk yourself into either the best of it or the worst of it. And I think that, like, compare and contrast Bobby Houck's first seven years at Montana and Rob Ash's nine years at Montana State. Rob Ash won four Big Sky titles. He won 70 games, but he only beat the Grizz twice. And when people look back on it, they think of it as this missed opportunities and, and failure in certain ways, even though Ash was the most successful coach they've had in the 21st century. And then you look at Bobby Houck, seven straight Big Sky titles, three appearances in the national championship game, an 80-17 and 17 record. And people think, wow, world beater, best coach ever. And Bobby Houck deserves to be remembered his first tenure for being dominant, certainly. But people forget how rocky the first couple years of the tenure was. Bobby lost the Cats two out of his first three times. Never lost to them again and destroyed them the last couple years. He did lose to them once again. He did last last year, no no doubt. But uh, the the first year of Bobby Houck's tenure at Montana was up and down early. They went on the road and beat a nationally ranked Maine team who was led by Lofa Tatupu, the guy, is that his name? The guy that played for the, went on to no, play for the Seahawks? Tuiasa Sopo. Oh, Lofa Tatupu did, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Lofa Tatupu, he played, I thought he played at USC. USC. Maybe his brother yeah. was at Maine. Okay. Regardless, an NFL linebacker, regardless, they went on the road across the country, one at Maine. The next week they come back and they lose to Division Two North Dakota State. Imagine if someone in this day and age, this media climate with Twitter, lost to a D2 at home, a, a, a Montana school. Imagine if that happened. It would be crazy. Yeah, it would. And regardless, this then they beat Sam Houston State, but this was the win that everybody's like, oh, man. This guy can coach. He knows He knows how to make what's best out of what he has at his disposal. And it was sort of this launching point. That, and Montana, they certainly endured their struggles for, for a little while after that. But then when they really got it humming, they were basically unbeatable. But that was kind of the first 
game where I think people kind of settled in and said, because there was a lot of apprehension when Bobby Houck was first hired. I mean, the guy was 38 years old. He's taken over, uh, you know, in the steps of three straight good old boys with a, a ton of coaching experience. We talk about Joe Glenn, Mick Dennehy, and Joe and uh, Don Reed. And that was kind of a launching point. So it's a good story. Go check it out. As far as this game, man, I think that, like when you, I think that the reason that Idaho is going to always have a different place in the hearts of Montana and Montana State fans is just because even with moving up to the FBS, moving back down, all the tumult that their athletic department has gone through outside of football, they're still one of the few schools in the conference that, first of all, are a land-grant state institution, but also that have a bunch of people that care. Mm. They're not selling out 20,000 seats, but they got 10,000 people to go to the Kibbe Dome. I'm looking at Twitter right now, and a couple guys who I know listen to this show, they have a blog called Tubs in the Club, which is funny because it's an homage to the downtown Moscow scene, but Tubs at the club, David uh, corrects me. Regardless, there's multiple watch parties around the state of Idaho, around Moscow, uh, along the West Coast, in Portland, in Seattle. People care. Eastern Washington has risen to a great level, and they get eight to 10,000 fans a game, but I'm not sure you have this alumni satellite-type network where people are really invested in it. Idaho still has that, and I think that's what makes the rivalry and the renewal of the rivalry intriguing because I do know there's a lot of people that wish Idaho wouldn't have moved down. There's also a lot of people that are really glad they did because now they can drive to a game in Missoula. They can drive to a game in Cheney. Mm-hmm. They can drive to a game in Pocatello. You have multiple different schools that are direct neighbors that are great rivals. for, And so as far as this game goes, even though they have not squared off in Missoula since that 2003 game that that article talks about, I think there's still a lot of emotion and passion behind it, even if it's a little bit foreign to the players, everybody else involved. I mean, you can feel it. You're pretty much removed from the last 15 years of this stuff in the middle chunk of it, but it feels like a different sort of game with Idaho coming to town, right? 100%. 100% it does. And it did last year, and when they were back in there, I mean... All you needed to be was in the room at the at the Big Sky kickoff last year to see, you know, Paul Petrino sitting there next to, not by accident, Bobby Houck next to, not by accident, Jeff Choate. Hey, oh, this is this is this is fun. This is like one of those weird Thanksgivings, isn't it? You know, where everybody's got to be there, but nobody wants to be there, kind of deal. Uh, and it does it does feel different. And I think it's going to be uh, outside of Montana State playing in Missoula, and I would also say probably North Dakota State playing in Missoula. You're never going to have a team come to Missoula that's going to have more fans at the game than probably what will be there Saturday. I don't know what the ratio is going to be. I don't know how many, but there's going to be a lot of Idaho fans at Washington Grizzly Saturday, is my guess, who are also happy about the rivalry renewing, and we've already talked about what it was like in the Kibbe Dome last year, and how many Grizz fans showed up to that game and made that an atmosphere that, frankly, the players for Idaho were not prepared for. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, that it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's Bobby Houck talking about, this is not just about the Idaho rivalry, it's about rivalry in general, but here you go, a quick soundbite from the coach about rivalry games, this being one. When the, the word rival is used in regard to us, that's others' words, not ours. This is a good place to play. We get, we get everybody's best effort when they come uh, to our place, so we have to embrace that. And just to be clear, he wasn't he wasn't being asked specifically about the Idaho game, and he did say, I think he acknowledged actually in, in the press conference on Monday, that probably outside of the Montana State game, this is the one that, that you kind of 
think about the most, or however you I, phrase it. I think his direct it. quote was, this is a game that people have been caring about around these parts for decades. Yeah, yeah. And that's and and that's absolutely right. And that's what makes it fun, man. This I'm, I'm as pumped up for this game because of the crowd that's going to be involved in this thing as I am about the football. Because... Let's look. Let's be honest, man. the 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 atmosphere at Washington Grizzly Stadium has not been certainly in the last five years, and even since the return of Bobby Houck, what it was at the fever pitch that it was when it was at its height. Totally. And so much of that's the students, man. It's the student. It's the I students. I was thinking about this yeah. the other day. I was remembering back to when I was in school. We used to have to camp out at the UC Center to get Cat Grizz tickets. Like, if you weren't one of the first 2,000 kids into the door, then they lock the door and they lock you in there, and then you have to stand in line. There was, it was that coveted to get into the student section, to yeah. be in, in you know, and that's just not the case anymore. And I think that's a part of it. Because if you if you have 2,500 rowdy students, that sets the pace for the whole rest of the crowd. It does. And and I think it was the first game of the year, this the first home game, that that student section was to the hilt filled up. Mm-hmm. And, and they, since they've been then, good at times. And since then, it really, I mean, it's it, it, there's the upper half of that thing has been vacant at times in this, you know, in this season. And look... People go, well, Monmouth, North Alabama, I don't know, you know, really, do I want Idaho State? Do I, do so I many, care? So many people listening to this show are like, oh, who doesn't know who Weber State is? Who doesn't know who Sacramento State is? The thing is, in a small town like this, to have that place going crazy, to have 35, 40,000 people around the stadium and have a full sellout and have people tailgating stuff like it, like it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you have to have... The, the people that don't know where Weaver State is mm-hmm. on board, mm-hmm. and you have to be so good for that to happen. But this is like you're saying, though. Everybody knows Idaho. It's Idaho. It's, it's the University of Idaho. There's no, you don't have to debate it. You know exactly what it is. For the sake of, for the sake of clarity, I'm going to use some numbers that are not accurate. Okay, we know that Mon- the Washington Grizzly holds, you know, 26 and change. Um, but let's say you got a 20,000-person stadium, okay? If there are... 18,000 people in the stadium. It's pretty close to full, okay? But the 2,000 people that are missing out of that, the the energy in the stadium isn't reduced by a tenth. It's reduced by a quarter or more. Like, what it means to have an absolutely full boat, you lose a lot more than just a percentage of people where it's not full in terms of the energy and the atmosphere of the place. Because when any building, any... Look, it could be a 200-person venue, and if you put 210 people in there, it's the greatest night of your life. And if you put 50 people in there, you go, why am I here? There's now 49 people because I'm out. You know, it's that is the difference. And, and, uh, And this one, I anticipate being... I mean, this is going to be the biggest atmosphere in Missoula this year, I think. Probably even more than Weber State because it's Idaho. That's what I think. I hope. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to uh, to that, certainly, for sure. Uh, Montana has won five in a row against Idaho, including their uh, beatdown last year. How Talking about what to expect from Idaho when they're coming here and kind of still the player from the player standpoint getting a little bit of a grip. And you'll hear this uh, from 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 uh, Jeff Cotton as well when we have him on talking about this rivalry. But here's Bobby Houck about how juiced will Idaho and Idaho players be for this game. 
this has been a big game in these parts for for decades, for a long time. Uh, they're playing well. They had a big win last week. I don't know. Oh, it's hard. I mean, we kind of that was evident last year. You know, when we played them, uh, there was a lot of uh, juice on their sidelines, certainly, and 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 our guys were excited to play too. So, you know, it's it's fun to get back playing each other again. But you know, it's it's interesting in this league because you know it was the same thing a week ago when we were getting ready for Easter, and a lot of a lot of our guys. I mean, more than half our team had never even seen Eastern on the field. So, I don't know. That's something we deal with all the time. So, I mean, that one, when he's talking about there will be juiced, but also it's weird for us in the scheduling standpoint of it. I mean, the schedule with Idaho, though, is now consistent. The weirdness with Idaho is just that they weren't in the league and now they are. But a bunch. the point, I guess, is remains that for his team, when you're playing Eastern Washington, that's a rivalry game. And yet, a lot of the guys on the team are like, well, Eastern, I don't know. I've never even been on the field against Eastern Washington, and now I'm a senior or whatever. Whereas, for Idaho players, it's the same deal where they're like, I guess it's a rivalry, but I didn't know that. I'm from Lafayette. You know? Why Why do I, what do I need to know about Montana versus Idaho beyond anything else that I would need to know for Idaho versus Northern Colorado or any other football game? Uh, the other... Uh, piece of sound here is just about Bobby Alk on Idaho specifically, so we want to play that one for you as well. Weekend against Cal Poly. Uh, they had a tough loss against Weber State and they, they beat Idaho State fairly handily, so they've been playing really well lately. Um, they're really well coached. These coaches at Idaho know what the heck they're doing, um, so they'll have they'll have their team ready. Uh, we know that they, they spent time on us in spring ball and fall camp. Um, so they'll be ready. They'll be well prepared. They'll be ready to go. They'll be fired up to play this weekend in Missoula, and and we know that uh, that we better be the same. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money. And it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. So there you go. I'll be ready to go. We better be the same as well. And I expect Montana to be. Here's what I think, Coulter. Um... The Grizzlies are going to be the football team at a fever pitch for this football game on Saturday. That's what I think. I think they are going to, you know, and and where Idaho will be, I'm not entirely sure. I think that Idaho is also going to be up for this game. But I still just don't think that Idaho is, is you, are you ever really able to appreciate what it is you're walking into until you walk into it? And I think that Idaho can 
talk about this game and even the experience of last year, which I think is good preparation in a certain way. But I think it's going to be a different animal than what they've seen yet since they've been back in the Big Sky Conference. And as we said before, probably even before that. I mean, I don't know when the last time Idaho would have ever played in a football game. I mean, maybe Penn State, right? Well, Penn State and Florida, they played those two teams in the last couple of years. Sure. And, and that's, they've been playing the... They've been playing some of the body bag games across the country. I mean, they've been getting some of the biggest buyouts in the in all of the land, and that's to play some tough teams. And that's that, that is that's true. I mean, like you're never going to obviously replicate a, a you know a, a, an environment like Happy Valley, but it's different too well, because totally you don't. You, There's not the same vitriol. No, and the other factor after the second touchdown in the first sixty seconds of the game, it's like okay, well, let's sit back and eat our popcorn, and then you know everybody has a nice day. Well, the other thing you got to remember too is that Idaho, Idaho, Nevada, and Boise State all moved up in the span of three years, but the the school that rubbed that in Montana's face was Idaho, and they kept saying, "Well, you guys are only having success because we left." You know, the Grizz are only good because we're not in your way anymore. Congratulations, you know, winning your minor league national championship. We're playing for bowl games. We're playing for this and that and the other thing. And then Montana and Idaho kept playing. And Montana beat Idaho four times in a row when they were FBS members. And then Idaho refused to play Montana for the next 14 years. Mm -hmm. The Grizz fans that have been around for a long time, not even a long time, just 20 years, they remember that. That's where the difference is going to be, is the vitriol in the stadium, because Idaho tried to act like they were better than Montana. They were never better than Montana. And Montana proved that over and over and over again. Now they're back in the same league, and now Montana has a chance to show just how much more, uh, how much outclassed Idaho is still. I think I know how you're going to pick this game based on that statement. It's Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Happy to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget, we got the word of the day coming up. Stick around for that. But next, Jeff Cotton. He's an outstanding wide receiver for the Idaho Vandals. He is 18th in the nation in terms of uh, receiving yards and fourth in the country in receptions per game. Outstanding. He had six receptions for 83 yards against Penn State, six for 91 against Wyoming, and in total on the year, 64 receptions, 813 yards, five touchdowns, and he's missed a game uh, due to injury also. So an outstanding player uh, for Idaho, and he's good enough to join us right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colts and Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. 
Montana went blow for blow on the Farm Wednesday in their first men's basketball game of the season, leading Stanford for 17 of the first 20 minutes of action. They trailed 40-38 just three minutes into the second half, but Montana did not score for five minutes and 40 seconds, allowing Stanford to go on a 20-0 run. A Josh Vasquez jumper halted the spurt for one possession, but the Cardinals scored six straight points to push the lead to 66-40 before cruising to a 73-62 win. The win over UM two years ago in Palo Alto was a 70-54 result, and somewhat the same as this one. UM senior side Bridget scored 17 points, grabbed 10 rebounds, and had six assists to lead the Grizz. The Montana Grizz football team, number eight in the first and only top ten rankings from the FCS Playoff Selection Committee, released on Wednesday night. The Grizz, who are ranked sixth in this week's Stats FCS Top 25 poll, are one of three teams ranked in the top ten from the Big Sky, along with Weaver State at number three, Sac State at number five, North Dakota State's number one, James Madison number two, South Dakota State number three, Northern Iowa comes in at number six, Central Arkansas number seven, Furman number nine, and New Hampshire is number ten. And finally, in their sixth straight title game appearance, the Missoula Hellgate Boys soccer team has claimed their fifth state title under head coach Jay Anderson with a 2-1 victory over Bozeman Saturday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Jeff Cotton is a wide receiver for Idaho. Don't kid yourself now. The Vandals, they don't know if they, I don't know if they know what they're walking into on Saturday, but they got some dudes. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, a couple of dudes ourselves. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. This uh, Saturday, December 7th, Kurtz Polaris' seventh annual snow day. Make sure you get in there for that in Missoula. Saturday, December 7th. Circle it on your calendar, 10 to 4, Saturday, the 7th of December. Coulter, uh, Jeff Cotton is a wide receiver, outstanding wide receiver for uh, Idaho. He'll join us here in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's hear what Bobby Houck had to say about Idaho's outstanding wide receiver. Well, I think he's the, I think he's their best player on offense. And, uh, you know, he just makes a ton of plays. He's, he's all over the place. Um, they do a nice job of uh, trying to find different ways to get him the ball. Um, he's just a talented kid. He is a talented kid, and there's a, there's a number of them, but him him probably more than everybody else. I mean, you heard Bobby Houck say on offense, he's probably the most talented player they have, uh, and he is very, very good, been making plays for this team. Again, five touchdowns, 813 yards uh, on the season. Well, off we go to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and we're happy to welcome in Jeff Cotton, a senior wide receiver from the University of Idaho, Idaho playing at the University of Montana this Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff. Jeff, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, we're certainly happy to have you in. And, man, what a year you're having right now. You're 18th in the nation in yard, 4th in the nation in receptions per game. And you guys offensively have uh, have kind of gotten it rolling a little bit at times throughout the course of the year coming off of two wins. What's this season been like for you? Um, I mean, for I mean, as a team, it's kind of been up and down, but uh, like you said, lately we've I feel like we've been getting on a roll and our we've just been playing as a team, just playing great, beating off each other and just making uh, the plays when they're there and just playing for all four quarters. What do you notice is the biggest difference when you guys are, are playing well? Because I've watched you guys play live three times. When you guys are playing well, you guys are are good. So what uh-huh. what's the biggest difference? I think it's just the energy and uh, 
the preparation we put throughout the week. And when we put in good preparation, we're confident in ourselves and confident in our teammates. And we just go out there, play without thinking so much. And just if adversity comes, just play through adversity. And I think that and just playing with energy in all four quarters has helped us out tremendously. It's been an interesting deal with you guys at quarterback because I know Mason Petrino was the guy for the first couple months of the year, but then against Idaho State, yeah. you guys had multiple different quarterbacks, and Colton Richardson was playing well, then he got hurt, uh, and then Petrino comes back next week. So from a receiver's perspective, what's it like having multiple guys throwing you the ball, and where are you at just with the confidence level that you have and the guys that are your guys' quarterbacks? Um, I mean, it's, uh, I, I tell people all the time, it's whatever, but I mean, I have confidence, all the confidence in the world, in all three of them, and I'm with whoever's throwing the ball, I'm just it's just my job to catch it and just make the make the plays when they're there. So I mean, when uh, no matter who's in, I'm confident in them and I'm confident in myself and my teammates as well. So uh, I don't see an issue with it at all. Jeff Cotton joining us, a wide receiver for the Idaho Vandals. And Jeff, you're from Tucson, Arizona originally. You went to a, a JC in the Tucson area, and then you transferred into to Idaho, I think, in 2017 and redshirted that year. What got you to Moscow from from uh, from Arizona? Um, I had a. It had taken me my graduation day uh, when I was at my JUCO. It kept on getting pushed back and. I think it was around May of 2017. Uh, our former Titans coach, Coach had came to my JC to look at some other guys. My receiver coach had told me to come in so uh, I could have a conversation with him and he could look at me. And then I ended up going and the conversation went well. And it was just, everything was great. And he he uh, had called me, my receiver coach had called me after the meeting that uh, they wanted me, they liked me, and then, just from that point on, I, uh, and at the time, they were the only Division One that was still um, willing to, like, I guess, take me at that time. Because it was so, late, uh, late in the process because of the year, yeah, because of exactly. the graduation date, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, right away, I was like, yep, I want to go here. No questions asked. Watching the way that it's all gone down with the Arizona Junior Colleges, it basically have disappeared. So I'm sure you know a bunch of guys that were still involved in that what sort of the feedback you're getting from from your home state in terms of no more junior college football in Arizona? Um, a lot of people are kind of upset with it because I mean the conference that I played in, it was a there was a lot of good talent, and they get out and go to a lot of of the power five schools, a lot of the top twenty five schools. So it's kind of sad just to see that a lot of kids won't, I mean, get the opportunity. There's a lot of talent in Arizona that I don't think a lot of people know about. So it's kind of like. Uh, sad and I mean I know a lot of people are frustrated with the whole thing but I know that I know the guys will if, if they have talent though somebody will find them and they'll get their shot so Jeff kind of an interesting deal for you because you know folks in Idaho and Montana know and understand the history of, of the rivalry and the of Idaho's you know being a part of the Big Sky Conference for so long but when you came in in 2017 they were still in the Sun Belt although on their way transitioning back into the Big Sky Conference what did you know about that at the time that you committed and came to Idaho and then your first year actually playing being in the Big Sky Conference what were you aware of about the kind of landscape of the conference in general? Um Honestly, I didn't know too much about the Big Sky. I had a before coming out here. I had my friend actually had told me that they were moving down to the Big Sky, and I had like did some research on it and seen a few stuff. But uh, the Big Sky wasn't something that I had. I mean, looked too much into or 
heard too much about. But I mean, I feel like it's the games are a lot, uh, a lot more. I guess packed. I could say because I mean, a lot of the games are closer nearby each other instead of going way down south. And I mean, for the most part, I feel like it's been a fun experience because I mean, a lot of games they're just packed and the energy is upbeat the whole game. So I feel like it's been a good experience. You know, particularly with Montana, Idaho and Montana have a long-standing rivalry, and I know a couple of guys last season when Montana went to Idaho were like, "Whoa, we didn't realize like with the number of people yeah. and fans that were going to be there." Do you remember that game last year? And is that an experience oh, yeah. that you had for sure? Yeah, yeah, it was. I feel like last year a lot of the, with the rivalries we didn't. I mean, being our first year back in the Big Sky, a lot of the, a lot of the guys didn't know how. I guess serious the rivalry rivalries were so uh having that year of experience and coming back this year yeah that game was most definitely most definitely the one of the most packed games uh in the dome i've ever uh, been a part of and it was fun just to play in it but i mean the outcome wasn't fun so hopefully i mean this year i know it's going to be uh a packed crowd on saturday and so hopefully we just come out with the win and uh i mean shoot come out with a win. I mean, you know people got to pass the Brown Stein around. They care about the <laughs> oh, Brown yeah. Stein, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Jeff Cotton joining us, wide receiver for the Idaho Vandals. <laughs> Jeff, I listen to I, I listen to guys' press conferences every week, and I can't remember which D-tackle it was, but there was a defensive lineman that was talking about how you guys really take these rivalry games seriously, and it's yeah, yeah. It, that's been obvious in the, in the results. You guys took it to Eastern Washington, uh, defeated them when they were number 11 in the country. Uh, you avenged the the lost Idaho State from a year ago, uh, and just routed Idaho State three defensive touchdowns, and it was a much of a momentum based game as I've ever watched. So now you here you are you're coming to Missoula to play Montana. What's the feeling in the locker room? What are you guys thinking about the Grizzlies? Uh, I mean, we're all excited. I mean, we know the rivalry between each other is now. I think it's a lot more intense uh, since last year. We I mean we got a best at home, so I know a lot of guys are excited and they're ready to go this week. And, I mean, me personally, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. This is a game I've been looking forward to. So I think we're all just ready to take this week of practice serious, take every rep, whatever it may be, an individual team, whatever it may be, just give it up all we got, each and every rep, treat it like a game rep, and just prepare ourselves for the, the game, the atmosphere, because, I mean, this is probably one, the biggest game of the season. Uh, so, I mean, just I know a lot of guys are ready to go. Jeff, you personally, again, have had an absolutely outstanding year at the wide receiver spot. You're already committed and and prepared to go to the Hula Bowl, it sounds like, and kind of do the uh, postseason, you know, display your talents there. Who's a guy in the NFL that you've sort of think that you got, you know, that you've sort of role modeled your game after a little bit? Um, If I had to choose one, it'd probably be Julio Jones, just because you hear everybody say, I mean, he can do everything. He can take an intermediate route and take it six yards. He can go over the top. And a lot of people say that everything he does looks the same, and that's something I try to uh, do when I'm running my routes or whatever it may be, just make everything look the same. And he's just someone I, 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 I've been admiring for a long time and someone uh, who I look up to. You know, I thought so you'd pick won. somebody good. I didn't think you'd pick Julio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, if you're going to model it after somebody, he's a, he's as good as it gets, no doubt. So oh, I, yeah, I, I, I like know. that. 
Jeff, we'll get you out of here on this. Three games left for the Idaho Vandals. So what is your guys' goals and aspirations for the rest of the season? What do you guys hope to play for, and, and how do you hope to finish this season? I mean, we we plan on winning out these next three games and then hopefully get a shot to get in the playoffs. And then once if that happens, just I mean, it's in our hands from there. Give it all we got each and every day at that point and try and make it to Frisco, Texas, to play in that national championship game. Well, Jeff, we certainly appreciate your time, man. We're really looking forward to the game on Sunday, on Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, travel well, and, and we'll see you then, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. There you go. Jeff Cotton, we appreciate him being with us. Great to ha- have him on and talk to him. And, you know, it's easy. I, I understand the rivalries and all that, and, you, you know, you, the teams and even the coaches, the fans, all that kind of stuff. But when you talk to the kids, man, it's always, it always brings it into a little bit of perspective. These guys just out there trying to play the game that they love, trying to go as far as they can go with it, and uh, and and it's for our entertainment. It's for our fun that they do. I mean, they, they do it for themselves, too, obviously, you know, the education, the whole thing, but for, as a fan, that's what you get. You know, that's the, the payback, uh, as 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 it were, and uh, and it's cool to be able to talk to all these guys from all the you know from every school that we get to get to do it with, and we'll hear uh, uh, again from Jacob Nip a little later on the show, the quarterback of Northern Colorado who plays Montana State Saturday as well. So we appreciate Jeff Cotton being all with us. One of the two most imp- one of the most impressive parts about both the Montana and Montana State programs and their head coaches right now, I think, is so far beyond wins and losses. Both Bobby Houck and Jeff Cho emphasize so much the what football is teaching you about life. I talked to Colin Bingham yesterday for about 10 minutes after practice. It was a great interview. We'll share it with you guys a little bit more towards Cat Chris since he's a Missoula guy. But you know, he was just talking about all the lessons that he's learned. And like he said, man, like I know for a fact that when this is over, it will be sad and I will miss my friends, but there will never be anything that's as hard as being a 4.0 student like he is and going to school and being a starting tight end for multiple years. I mean, it is, it's incredibly challenging. And I think sometimes that some of these other schools, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I think that a lot of times they're sold the the dream of athletics more than the dream of what this is going to do for your life. We're going to get into that a little bit in the next segment, talking about Montana and Stanford, because I thought Mike Montgomery had some really great thoughts just on what happened to Stanford basketball. I mean, they were a Final Four team when he was the coach, and last night they didn't look very much more talented than Montana. No, they didn't. And uh, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that, but I guess what I'm getting at, I have no idea what it's like in Idaho, what Paul Petrino sells those guys on, but I do think that the thing that it makes Montana, Montana State so cool is that once you finish, first of all, you've accomplished something tremendous. Second of all, you've learned great life lessons. And third of all, you're part of a fraternity that lasts forever. It's like Derek Marks said, told me the other day, Bobcat Senior Defensive End, he said, what other experience could you have where you're automatically have the opportunity now to be friends with guys that are 40 years older than you instantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instantly like you, you, if you play for the cats like you could be you could be buddies with anybody so uh i don't know i think that uh that's one thing that montana montana state followers and fans should be proud of is just the fact that this is a little bit more it's about more than just the scores on saturdays it is uh pretty tough to do that by the way i'm very very tough if you want to enjoy your college career a little advice be a three-two student and play club sports. That's then you will have a very nice. Or just time. play intramural sports right, and maximize right. the Montana winter session. Go skiing for six weeks straight, like we used to do. There you go. It's a good deal. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. The Grizzlies played Stanford. Opened the men's basketball season last night. They fell seventy-three sixty-two. It doesn't sound bad, but it's weird how it came to that. So we'll uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Colter, you got family coming in for. 
The game Saturday against the Vandals. It is. We are creeping up here very shortly on Thanksgiving. Or maybe you're just around town. You need a night away. Maybe you got an event coming up. Maybe you got a kid's birthday party and you need a water slide into a swimming pool. In any case, the Wingate by Wyndham is going to take care of you. It's like Washington State head coach Mike Leach said, when dealing with in-laws, always have an escape route, always have an alternative place to stay. <laughs> right. If you need to leave your own home because mother-in-law is there, go to Wingate by Wyndham. They got go. you covered. It's right next to the freeway, so easy access to downtown and uptown Missoula, wherever you need to go in Missoula. They got all sorts of stuff. You got family. They got a great water slide, huge pool area. If you're a business person, they got places for you to print your stuff. Organize your meetings, send some emails. If you need to host a business meeting, they got great spaces as well. So if you got people coming to town, whether it's for Thanksgiving or upcoming Grizz games or whatever it might be, send them to the Wingate by Wyndham right there uh, off Airport Boulevard. Let the Wingate by Wyndham make you feel at home even when you're not. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's all about how you got to where you ended up. And this one uh, doesn't feel really that good for the Montana Grizzlies, it seems to me. It's 2 tell one is 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. December 7th, boys and girls, Kurtz, 7th annual snow day, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. It's the biggest sale of the entire year, one day, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturday, December 7th. Get there. Uh, the Grizzlies, Coulter, were down two at halftime. They played a great first half, 30-28. to 28. It was actually something in the post game that Travis DeCure cited as maybe a little bit of a, a mental hurdle for the Grizzlies with a young team. They had played what they thought was really well in the first half, and they did play well in the first half, especially defensively, I thought. They go into the break, they're still losing the basketball game, and he... I thought it was. I, I didn't occur to me that that would be really a problem. I think you'd figure to 30 28, you're playing this team even right now. Good, keep it going. And in the second half, they did. They got it out to, uh, I think, 40 to 38, three minutes in. You know, again, still just a two point game down by two. And then it just, everything shifted. And this team played six of the worst minutes of basketball I've seen a Montana Grizzly team play. I mean, you're talking about awful shot selection turnovers galore and and really porous bad defense i thought travis secure also in the post game was at spot on when he said he thought that their bad offense and their bad offensive possessions translated to bad defense 
And sometimes if you don't play defense well, it can turn into some sometimes bad offense or vice versa. Or sometimes you can not play great offense and still play great defense. But uh, often there's overlap. And in this case, it was the offense that affected the defense. But Sanford goes on uh, a six-minute spurt, five minutes and 40 seconds, something like that, or they go on an 18 nothing run. They make it a 20-point game. And it's effectively over at that point. They extended it out to 26 points. The Grizzlies actually finished on a 14 nothing run to get it to 11, and you go, well, you know, okay, that's great. But at that point, it was a bunch of, you know, kind of backup players for, for Stanford in particular. And Montana also, I think... All freshmen. All freshmen and Syed Pridget. There's the four freshmen and yeah. Syed Pridget as the only senior. And, 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 uh, and they, but they also... I mean, sometimes you get so far down and you go, okay, well, this thing's over and there's a little bit of embarrassment and you finally kind of pull it together and start rolling again. And they did that towards the end. And like you said, they they put in that lineup of four freshmen and Saeed Pridget. Um, but that, that six minutes in there where the game just went completely awry, I mean, it was not... Let me say this. When I'm watching this basketball, anytime you watch a basketball, a Big Sky team play a Power 5 conference school, almost unequivocally... There's at least one, if not multiple, guys on the other team where you go, oh, well, that dude's never going to be a guy that they're going to play against in the Big Sky Conference. I didn't see one person from Stanford. There's a couple guys that got that are some athletes and so forth on, on Stanford's team. Stanford is not a great basketball team, man. They're not going to win many games this season in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 isn't great anyways nationally from a, from a high major standpoint. These two teams, you watch them play, even with all the freshmen playing, a bunch of new kids playing for Montana, they looked even athletically, basketball standpoint, and all of that. And it was even in the first half. And then all of a sudden, they made a couple mistakes and then kept making mistakes. And they did it in both directions. And it was a really, really disappointing six minutes of basketball that sunk the game for them. And in a game that... I, I absolutely thought was going to come down to the wire and was a very winnable game for Montana when you talk about the, just the talent, team-to-team standpoint in this basketball game. So I, I think it's a very disappointing game for the Grizzlies, ultimately having watched it, even though you go, well, it's one game. It's Stanford, for crying out loud. Are you going to take... I'm not taking a ton out of this. There's a bunch of freshmen playing in this game, and I thought some of the pre- freshmen looked great. I thought they, I thought there's reason for great optimism for Montana, but within the context of this game... That was that was a very disappointing way for that to go to end up with a 26 point deficit at one point to this Stanford basketball team who has no business being up 26 points on anybody. I mean, Dejon Davis didn't play well last night, but he's a guy that it, you're not going to see in the game. He's good. I mean, he's, he's, good. he's a six yep. four guard. I mean, he's a top 50 player coming out of high school. Montana actually recruited him for a half a minute and then realized that that wasn't in the cards. But he's from mm-hmm. Garfield High School in Seattle, so Takir had a little bit, of, Travis Takir had a little bit of an insight. He's in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, and I thought Oscar Da Silva was, I mean, he's 6'9", so he, I mean, he's a, but he's not like a rare athlete or anything like that. Right. Stanford had more size, but I agree. A little bit. They were not tremendously more talented, but I thought this was a huge missed opportunity for Montana. Yes. I thought thought several different things went awry. I thought, first of all, Montana led for 17 in the first 20 minutes of this game. They were in control the whole first half. They didn't go to half with the lead. A young team, even just being up two or four points at half, you can say, we're winning. We're winning at Stanford. Instead, they gave up a lead right before half, and I thought that really affected their mindset in the second half. I thought that Mac Anderson and Kyle Owens getting in foul trouble early, it was ironically a boost for Montana for a minute because they played that small lineup that Stanford just 
couldn't really guard, and they could guard Stanford. They're harassing Stanford and making Stanford play a little bit too fast. And I also thought Stanford lacked a lot of energy early on. But then that started to wear them out, though, because then all of a sudden Stanford started to get easy buckets in the lane early in the second half. And then I thought the other thing that really killed Montana was th- threefold. First of all, I thought Syed Pridgett didn't do enough in terms of trying to go at the rim in the first half, and he tried to do too much, especially in terms of being a facilitator in the second half. Mm-hmm. I thought Timmy Falls was just all around not good. I thought he was – Timmy Falls is a feast or famine player. When he's at his best, he can electrify an entire game. He can be such a spark. He can influence on both sides. But when he's at his worst, he's volatile and he's so inconsistent. And he was taking bad shots and making bad turnovers. And that's not what you want from one of the guys who's supposed to be a veteran on your team. And the third thing I thought was I thought Travis DeCure summed it up perfectly on the postgame radio show with Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. He, he basically said, we were taking bad shots, which made us not try on defense. And then we were not trying on defense, not getting stops. So then we were forcing shots on the other end. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yep. And that's exactly what that's happened. Right. That's so right. I think that Montana just straight up, I thought their I thought their talent showed through early. And I thought their youth showed through in the middle. And then I thought their heart showed through at the end. But, I mean, like you said, man, Stanford's not that good. Montana should have won that. Not just could have. They should have won that game. They, Montana's just straight up as good as them. Yeah. And they and they had them early in the momentum, but but you can't. You could have, should have, would have, whatever. I mean, yeah. you lost. You, you gave up. It. You gave up twenty straight points. I mean, they you certainly didn't deserve lose. anything in that game because of the way it went in the second half. But like from a talent standpoint, you're right. Josh Vasquez, by the way, thirty seven minutes. He was the starting point guard for the Grizzlies. Timmy Falls came off the bench. Vasquez, thirty seven points. Or 37 minutes, Timmy Falls 19, so basically double for Vasquez, yep. and yet still three turnovers each. So Timmy Falls turned the ball over at twice as much a rate per minute, if you can put it in those terms, as did Vasquez, who was playing in his first Division One basketball well, game. It sounds cliche to say this is just a young team, but the youth showed through during that spell because Stanford sort of denying the passing lanes, and Montana, those guys are young, so they don't know how to hold it off. So yeah. Stanford would just get in there and just force turnovers, and they had 12 steals in the game. I thought that was just the key factor. Coulter, we got to get out, but I got to ask you this. There's four guys on the bench dressed for the Grizzlies. They could take nine players. Jared Samuelson, not there. I know there's a couple guys are waiting on it, or at least one at the at the break. But what? I had no. I mean, what's going on? Do we have any idea why there wasn't a full bench of players even there? Like, not even, not even, not even in suits and ties on the bench. There, nobody. There's not anybody there. I mean, Yagi Selchuk has to sit out till yep. semester. Yeah. But uh, Jared Samuelson was. Um, He's still hurt. He's got a little bit of a lingering knee injury. Nassim Gaskin is waiting on his waiver still, which you think would be done by now, but I don't know. Uh, I know that Peter Jones, walk-on guy, has been hurt. Michael Stedman's for sure redshirting this year. Jet Brasino, who's a a walk-on, I don't know what his status is, but maybe it was like a charter situation where they only had a a few seats. I don't know. It was was weird, though, because there was nobody there. Yeah, it was very, very bizarre. Stu Telenuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We start with the Montana State Bobcats. They're playing at Northern Colorado in Greeley. Jacob Nip, the great quarterback for Northern Colorado, he's going to join us right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. 
The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.